0: Friends, we are starting a new series today. It's called CrossFit, and we're talking about four weeks to a healthier life. So I want to read to you from Corinthians. Before I do that, though, pull out your bulletin. It looks like this. I want you to open up to your Connections Journal. If you're listening on the website or on the podcast, you can find the Connections Journal on the church website, timberlakeumc.org. And you can also find it in the bulletin. There's a list of scripture readings and questions for each day. Please take this, use it, let it be a, an inspiration and a guide for your prayer and study through the week. And notice that each of these readings are related to the very things that we're talking about this morning. So I hope that you would use that and, and let that guide your, your faith journey this week. All right, we're reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 6. and this is Paul's letter to the church at Corinth, and he's talking to the people, to the church, about how God regards our bodies. So listen to this. I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? And then skipping over to verse 19 do you not know that your bodies are temples of the holy spirit who is in you whom you have received from god you are not your own you were bought at a price therefore honor god with your bodies happy new year friends off to a good start so far yeah okay you don't sound too so enthusiastic All right, so with New Year's, of course, comes New Year's resolutions. How many of you made a New Year's resolution this year? Like five people, that's it? How many of you made a resolution not to make any more resolutions? (laughs) Yeah, probably more of us, right? I I get a little cynical about the New Year's resolution, maybe because I'm pretty bad at at following through and and actually keeping them. Um, But but they can be good and they can be right, um, and we can avoid our cynicism. Maybe I want us to imagine... Uh, maybe reimagine the New Year's resolution this year because New Year's is is a great idea, right? It's a fresh start. It's a new opportunity, and it reminds us of of the new life that we have in Christ. And so uh, New Year's resolutions are really, I hope, about setting goals uh, to be healthier, to be the kind of people God would have us be. They're about dreaming big dreams for God and imagining together what God can do. And so that's the style and the spirit in which I want to uh, engage this kind of conversation with you today. I wonder if you can guess what is the number one most popular New Year's resolution year after year? Losing weight. Right? Yeah. Being healthy, healthy living, uh, healthy eating, exercise, that kind of thing. Year after year, it seems to be uh, the the number one uh, most popular among people. So um, my New Year's resolution this year is to lose 15 pounds, I'm going to lose 15 pounds. So good news, I only have 20 pounds left to go. That's a joke, see, because I already gained five pounds. Okay. Tough crowd, tough crowd. Seriously, though, I have gained weight since moving here. And I, I blame the really good food that we have at Timberlake. If you notice, we're always eating. And there's Thursday lunches, and there's Wednesday night dinners, and, man, the, the men are eating breakfast on Thursday morning, and it's not exactly healthy. You know, it's bacon and eggs or whatever. It's good, though. It's so good. Uh, so this is, how, this is how I feel at Christmas time. I wonder if any of you can relate to this, this little meme I found on the Internet. Uh, the 1st through the 26th of December, I feel festive and got the red hat. The, the, the 27th through the 31st, feel confused and full of cheese and unsure of the day of the week. And January, etc. I just feel fat. Right? We eat so much at the holidays and we're not exactly hitting the gym hardcore. How many of you uh, would, would like to be healthier in 2018 than you were in 2017? okay that's most of us right now be honest how many of you you struggle with this at least a little bit it just doesn't come real easy to you you want to be healthier but it's sometimes hard raise your hand if it's sometimes hard okay i'm glad you're here today and this is why we're here to talk to have this conversation and to say that this is possible it's possible to be healthier but we need some help to do it and uh, it does help us i think to Remember that we are not the first people to struggle with this idea that we have a relationship with our body and it's not always easy, right? Ever since Adam and Eve walked with God in the garden of Eden, human beings have struggled to be at home in this body that God has given us, right? And so maybe we wish for uh, curly hair because we have straight hair or straight hair because we have curly or maybe we wish we were taller or maybe we wish we were shorter or maybe we wish we were skinnier or better looking as if that's possible, right? (laughs) But it's it's insidious too, right? It's not just sort of fun things, oh I wish that, I wish this. It's sometimes we have really destructive relationships with our bodies. And and some of us we have physical pain. So I know people who they're in pain all the time and and it is hard to be at home in their body. We know people who have illnesses and some, some people we love struggle with illnesses of the body. Some of us struggle with eating disorders, right? And uh, we struggle to have peace and contentment because the way we view our bodies is not necessarily reality, but it's hard to see what is real. And uh, we imagine something and and it leads to destructive kinds of habits. Some of us have struggled uh, because we've been abused or we have uh, had violence done against our bodies and one of the things we know is that long after the, the physical wounds have healed we still hurt and still struggle to to be who we are and to have a sense of identity and wholeness you know even good things can cause pain and trauma to the body you know that right like childbirth right and and women will tell you oh it's terrible pain and they'll say oh let's do it again right let's have another let's have another baby but it it changes your body doesn't it it, it leaves you a different person even good things and the poet jane kenyon talks about uh, what she calls our long struggle to be at home in the body this difficult friendship this difficult friendship and sometimes it is difficult sometimes it's also pleasurable though and full of joy right think about the things we get to enjoy in this life because of our human bodies and so when you hear a child laugh or when you sit on the beach and you smell the salt air or uh, when you nap in a hammock or when you get to go for a walk, or when you get to hug an old friend. And the body can be a source of joy and of pleasure. So today we're starting this conversation, and it's called CrossFit, Four Weeks to a Healthier Life. Now I want to acknowledge that it takes a lot longer than four weeks to get healthy and to be healthy. right? This is a lifetime journey. But what I hope this is the start of the conversation. I hope this is the beginning of something that we can do together, and the beginning of a new set of habits and maybe a new lifestyle for some of us. When it comes to healthy living, uh, we know that we are going to have more success with our behaviors if we understand and think rightly about these things. Did you know that is true? If right thinking is a precursor to right behavior. So that's what I want to do with you today is help us think rightly about these things so that our behavior, our practices, our habits can follow. And what I want to suggest is maybe we've struggled in the past with New Year's resolutions because we have failed to acknowledge that physical fitness is also a spiritual thing. You ever notice how we compartmentalize our lives? We say, okay, I'm going to do the religious thing on Sunday morning, go to church, and I'll read my Bible and pray during the week, and that's my spiritual self, and that's over here. And then I'll go to work Monday through Friday, and that's my vocational self, and that's over here. And then I'll hang out with my friends and family, and that's my relational self, and I'll I'll put that kind of over here. And then I'll maybe go to the gym, or I'll I'll jog around my neighborhood, and that's my physical self, I'll put that over here. And we treat our life like it's some collection of random pieces that have nothing to do with one another, friends. God has designed our lives to be an integrated whole in which all the pieces are linked and connected to one uh, one another in ways that they can't ever be separated. They are always connected by the way God has created us. And yet, this idea of separation is not a new idea. It goes back to the philosopher Plato. So remember what you learned in philosophy class in high school or in college. The philosopher Plato advanced this idea called dualism. Raise your hand if you've ever heard of dualism. A few of you, okay. It sounds complicated, it's really not. Dual means what? Two, okay. So dualism is this philosophical idea that our lives are made up of two separate parts, body and soul. Body and soul. And that these two parts are completely separate. And that the essence, the real life, the real you is your soul. And your body is really just kind of like a carrying case, right? It's like the briefcase of life for all the important documents that is your soul inside of you. And, and so what follows then with this idea of dualism is the soul is what's good. The soul is what's eternal. The soul is what's sacred. But the body, you know, it's just temporal. It's just temporary. It's profane. It's broken. So it's bad. And so dualism says, well, souls are good, but bodies are bad. Now,
1: this is an old idea, but it's also a
0: current idea, and we hear this all the time in messages around us, and even in churches. So you will see in a church, and ministries have been shaped by this idea of dualism in a church where they will tell you their only goal is to get souls to heaven. You ever been in a church like that? Their goal they say, their only goal is to get souls to heaven. They don't care about anything else. Now see how that follows from dualism, Right? If the bodies are bad and only souls matter, well, then we don't have to care about bodies. We don't have to care about souls. we get the souls to heaven because this world is bad. This, the bodies are bad, so the, the goal is escape. Can we somehow get out of this broken, hurting world, and these broken, hurting bodies, and get the souls to heaven? That is a ministry that is based on the idea of dualism. Now, here's the thing, friends. When you open this book, that's not what it teaches us, does it? When we read about Jesus in ministry in the world, and he encountered hurting, broken people, did he heal them in their bodies or did he heal them in their souls? It was both, right? It was both. Jesus cares about body and soul. God cares about body and soul. So simply put, friends, dualism is heresy. This idea that we have separated our lives into separate parts, that is wrong thinking and wrong teaching. Partly because our lives are not separate. God designed them to be together. But also because God loves you just the way God created you. And not just your soul, but also your body. And we know that God made our bodies and God called them good. And so we ought to treat them as such. So friends, you know, this is why Christmas matters, right? Is that, that God took on flesh in the person of Jesus. That Jesus Christ is God in human life form. This is why Easter matters, because Jesus, the man, the God-man, really died literally in his body, and he rose again, and he promises that we can have eternal life because of his death and resurrection. See, this is the story of our faith, is the embodiment of God's presence and God's love for us through Jesus Christ. And so what we want to do is move past dualism and ministry based in that idea and understand that there is so much more to our mission than just getting souls to heaven. And our bodies are not just carrying cases that we have to tolerate. They are good gifts from God, and we can use them and enjoy them as such. Friends, remember, we were made in the image of God, and our bodies, our lives, are designed to reflect the goodness Of God. So, as we begin a conversation about healthy living, I want to try to offer us an integrated, holistic view of these things—a view in which bodies and souls matter, a view in which bodies and souls are joined together in belief and in practice of our faith. And so, what I want to start with today is a theology of the body. I'll start with a theology of the body, and we're going to go through Paul's first letter to the church at Corinth in chapter six, in particular, where he is making an argument about the importance of our bodies and God's view of our bodies. And so I want to draw out five principles with you from this teaching about uh, how God views these things. If you're a person who takes notes, this is a great time for you to take notes and and write these things down. Uh, If you want to go and listen later, you can listen to this on the podcast or on the website. Okay, so the first principle is this. Our bodies belong to God. Our bodies belong to God. Now, this may not be what we had heard, and we could probably be forgiven if we thought that our bodies belong to us because, hey, it's me, I'm, this is my body. But the scriptures are pretty clear that even though we live in these bodies, they belong to God. So look at verse 13 with me. It says, the body is meant for the Lord and the Lord for the body. You see, friends, you are created by God and for God, and your body is designed to bring glory to God. Skip over to verse 15. Verse 15 says your bodies are members of Christ himself. We are members of the body of Christ. Now we've gotten this all confused because we have changed church membership to mean, oh, I got my name on that paper that says I'm official here at Timberlake. And, And we can go around and brag to all our friends, you know, we're members of Timberlake. When, when Paul talks about membership, it has nothing to do with the roles that record who is here and who's not. It has everything to do with literally being an arm or a leg of the body of Christ. Just like your body and my body have arms and legs and hands and feet that all perform functions to help the whole. We are all part of the body of Christ. We are members of Christ's body. Okay, principle number two. Our bodies are being redeemed. God not only created our bodies, God is busy recreating and renewing our bodies. And this is part of the fruit of the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. So look at verse 20. Paul says, you were bought at a price. Friends, you were bought at a price. The crucifixion of Jesus is payment to buy you back from sin to buy you back from Satan, to buy you back from death. You see, our our lives were in the hands of sin and Satan and of death until Jesus died on the cross as payment to buy. We were bought at a price, and a high price, we might add, right? It cost the Son of God his life so that we could be redeemed, so that we could be bought back. Principle number three. God expects us to take care of our bodies. You see, if our bodies are not our own, and if they were purchased at a great price, then it stands to reason that the one to whom they belong expects us to take good care of them. We use the word like stewardship, and we usually refer to money, right? We mean the money we have is God's. I'm going to use it on God's behalf. We are stewards, friends, of our whole lives, not just money including these bodies that we have. We are still, we are caretakers of them on God's behalf. And I I don't know about you, but if you own something and you loan it to someone, don't you want it to have it back in good condition when you get it back? Well, God expects the same thing. God wants your body back to him in good condition, so let's take care of it. Look at verse 20. It says, therefore, honor God with your bodies. You know, when you see therefore, it's kind of the conclusion, like, hey, you know, based on all that stuff I just told you, this is the conclusion, this is the point. And so if our bodies belong to God, and if they are bought at a price, then we owe it to God to take good care of our bodies. And we know that some of the things we do with our bodies are pleasing to God, and some of the things we do with our bodies are not so pleasing to God. So we need to be asking ourselves, are we using our bodies to bless our neighbors? Are we using our bodies to honor the God who made us? We're responsible to God for what we do. With these bodies. Principle number four God will resurrect our bodies. When we say the Apostles' Creed, we say we believe in the resurrection of the body. And there's a lot of layers of meaning there, but one of the things that means is Jesus is coming back to raise the body of Christ, the church, from the dead. And that also means that particular believers, followers of Jesus, will be raised in their bodies. We will have a resurrection body look at verse 14 by his power God raised the Lord from the dead and he will raise us also you see friends this is the basis of our faith the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the hope and the promise that because Jesus is raised from the dead we will also be raised now it's true that our resurrection bodies will probably look a little different maybe a lot different than these bodies Um, we read in the scripture, Jesus was able to do some things with his resurrection body that most humans cannot do. Like he walked through a locked door, right, to where the disciples were hiding in fear of the Jews. And so uh, he was able to do that. And yet he was also able to do things that we do all the time, like eat and talk. And so we will have body, maybe it'll look different than what they do now. But here's the thing. I want you to notice this. God is not starting over with a new body for you. God is transforming the body that you already have, right? God is recreating, renewing what God has made. God never wastes anything. Did you know that? God never wastes anything. And so if God makes something and God calls it good, God is going to work to sustain that thing. In fact, your life, your body, God is going to renew it and recreate it. If you look in the book of Revelation, uh, God says, uh, See, I'm making all things new. All things new. But he does not say, I'm making all new things. He doesn't like just say, oh, forget this. I'm starting over. No. He said, this is good what we have made. Let us renew it and, and, and recreate it so that it can be to the fulfillment of what God has called us to be. Principle number five from Paul's teaching to the church at Corinth. Body and soul are inseparably Connected. Body and soul are inseparably connected. See, friends, contrary to the notion of dualism, in God's way of creating and ordering the world, body and soul are put together. So when God made human beings, he took the dust of the earth and the breath of the spirit and together made body and soul a human being and called us very good. Look at how Paul puts it in verse 19. Your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, is in you. Isn't that amazing? I think that's amazing. How could we call our bodies anything but good? Our bodies are, are the place where the most high God is living. And you say, oh, that, that's figurative. No, that is not figurative. Friend. This is, you are literally a temple of the Holy Spirit. If you are a follower of Jesus and you have received the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is alive in your body right now. That, if nothing else, will change your view of the world today. That will change your view if you recognize every morning when you wake up, God is living inside of me. I have to treat my body like a temple because God deserves the best dwelling place that I can offer. My life, my body. Friends, this is our theology of the body. I know we went kind of fast, and and there's a lot more that we can say and will say in the weeks to come. But I hope that this is at least the starting place so that we can begin a conversation together about why our bodies matter and about where's that intersection between faith and fitness so that when we go to the gym or think about eating right, we do it with an awareness that, you know what, God cares about these things. God doesn't just care about my Sunday morning worship or just care when I read the Bible. God also cares about the food I put in my body. God also cares about the kind of exercise I do or don't do. God cares about the way I bless other people and their bodies. Each week, I want you to meet someone from our Timberlake community uh, to, to share with you some of the expertise of some of our in-house people at Timberlake. And so this week, I want to introduce you to a young man named Taylor Dunn. Is Taylor here this morning? There he is. Taylor, we're so glad you're here. Um, I want you to see a a video we've got. Um, Taylor is a trainer and a coach at uh, CrossFit Madison Heights, and he's got a great story about this integration of faith and fitness, and so uh, this is Taylor's story. (laughs) Thank you. Two or three years ago, Lemon Jackson had this vision of children in the gym, um, solely to impact people. That's pretty awesome, right? Thank you, Taylor. We really appreciate your testimony and your witness. So, so friends, I hope what you're taking away is not that you got to, you know, swing kettlebells or like flip huge truck tires to be to be healthy. The point is there is a relationship between faith and fitness, and that what we can do in our bodies can bring glory to God and blessing to our neighbors. And uh, so, we're grateful for, for Taylor's witness. Thank you for sharing your story okay so friends this is what i want to offer you as a plan you you might have your own plan but this is my plan and this is the plan i want to offer you that we might share in together for how we're going to do this going forward okay so really three parts the first is we have to dedicate our life to god we have to accept jesus christ as our lord and savior to know that uh, this life is not forever there is more to this life than what we can see but in the meantime Uh, to get the most out of life we have to let Jesus be the Lord and we know that any lasting change in our lives whether it's in a relationship or in a job or with our physical fitness is only going to last if it's empowered by the grace of God so I want to invite you today if you've never done it to make a commitment to let Jesus be the Lord of your life and not only to save you but to, to show you how to live according to God's will for you the second thing is we need to ask for help from other people How many of you know it's easier to do this if you have a friend doing it with you? Yeah, right. So we need accountability partners. This is the kind of thing you can share in your life group and say, hey, would you help hold me accountable to these goals? These are my fitness goals for this year. Please help me to achieve these. You may have a friend who goes to the gym with you or someone who walks with you around the neighborhood, whatever it is, have a partner, someone who will hold you accountable, and you'll be more successful that way. And the third thing is I want to encourage all of us to adopt new habits of exercise and nutrition. And so what we're going to introduce today is the walking challenge, the Timberlake Walking Challenge. I want you to count your steps and your miles that you walk each day from now until the end of this series we're going to record those and you're going to have ways to submit them starting next Sunday we'll share that with you and I want you to record that so that we can collect together how many miles we have walked throughout this month together. You're saying well how far have I walked well all you need is a smartphone. there's a fitness app right on there it's built in and it will count your steps for you. Uh, Beware when you open it it's kind of humbling and you realize oh man I only walked like two thousand steps today that wasn't very far I walked to the truck. Walked into my office, walked back to the truck, walked back to the house, and I'm done. So, we can do better than that, right? We need to do better. Our lives depend on it, and our witness to the world, for the grace of God, depends on it. So, I hope that you will join me in this. Would you be willing to do that for a healthier 2018? Okay, awesome. Let's do it together. Let God's people say amen.